So, you want to save the world with clean energy? Make money doing it? Confused about the economic and technical realities of residential and commercial solar, batteries, heat pumps, EVs? Want the real-world scoop on new energy technologies, not manufacture hype? Then tune in to the Weekly Energy Show, hosted by Barry Cinnamon. Insights from Barry's 40-plus years in the solar and energy industry will help you understand the future ways we'll generate and consume energy. And now, here's Barry. Welcome to this week's Energy Show. So here's a headline that I recently read. Charging cars at home at night is not the way to go. I'm like, I'm going to scratch my head. All I can say is wrong conclusion. Today's podcast explains the right way to build out an affordable electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Not the wrong utility-centric way. If you follow the utility-centric way, you're going to end up with EV charging that's more expensive than gasoline. Take my word for it. We'll go through the numbers. And hint, this is not a technology issue. This is purely a policy issue. So basically, the experts are confused or naive about the realities of EV charging. People with EVs kind of know this. Unfortunately, a lot of times they don't have the math to figure it out. They don't have the data. They don't look for the data. But when you crunch through the numbers, you'll see that EV charging can be really expensive if it's done the wrong way. So here's the thing, looking at this headline. People charge their cars at night at home for one real simple reason. That's where the cars are. Now, nighttime charging is also cheaper than daytime charging. EV charging during the day at a public charging station is usually, and I'm just running off of California numbers, usually two times more expensive than charging at home. And people don't charge their cars at work because companies don't put in charging stations at work because the utilities charge companies who want to do the right thing put it in EV charging stations for their employees, they charge the companies way too much money for daytime power. And so the companies say, that's ridiculous. I don't want to give my employees that huge benefit. And nobody kind of does the math. So here's the math. We're going to go into that. Here's the high level choice. We have a choice between following rational consumer behavior. In other words, filling up your tank where the fuel is cheapest. And, And by the way, Have you ever driven around town to find a cheaper gas station? It's kind of inbred. As as soon as we learn how to drive, you know, our parents give us 20 bucks to fill up the tank or $5. We're looking for the cheapest gas so that we can save some money. So that's what people do. They will shop for gas. It's easy to shop. You just drive across the street or around the corner. So we have the choice between this rational consumer behavior, which is fueling up your car where it's cheaper, and the monopoly grip that utilities have over the electricity supply and most of the incoming EV charging infrastructure. So here's the thing. These headlines come from a recent Stanford study, and the Stanford study comes down on the side of monopoly utilities, not rational consumer behavior. So unless politicians get this right, EV charging is going to be very expensive and slow to deploy. 
So I first read about this new research. I was reading through Bloomberg Newsletter, and I read an article in the San Francisco Chronicle, and I tracked this study down. It's based on a research paper from Stanford. It was published in Nature Energy in September 2022. Now, Stanford's really trying to do the right thing. This is a part of the Precord Energy Center, great center. They're doing all the right thing. But this study basically points to the wrong conclusions. So the study has two high-level conclusions. First, conclusion is the move to electric vehicles will result in large costs for generating, transmitting, and storing power. Now, you have to add in, I have to add in, kind of, it's my job, is only if this energy for the vehicles comes from utilities. Distributed generation power is almost free to ratepayers. Yes, the people who put in the solar system or the companies who put in solar, they pay a little bit, but they don't affect the rest of the ratepayers. Whereas when you're EV charging with public utility chargers or chargers at companies, it's really expensive. Okay, second conclusion of the study. Shifting current EV charging from home to work and night to day could cut costs and help the grid. And it's not going to cut costs one bit. It's going to increase the costs. The costs are going to go through the roof. Just do the math. Look at current utility rates and look at how utilities set those rates. Now, it will help the current grid because our current grid has relatively cheap electricity, very cheap electricity based on mostly solar, also wind. And you've got solar farms all over the country from where we're able to get that inexpensive electricity. So yes, it will help the grid, but that's only if you've got a grid-centric attitude towards this charging. And if you look at DG, DG actually helps the grid more. All right. So let's examine this first premise from the Stanford study in a little bit more detail. That is, it's going to cost a lot of money to do this. The second premise is just flat out wrong. I'm not even going to discuss it. All right. So electric vehicles are going to result in large costs for generating, transmitting, and storing more power. Yes, there will be more costs for that. It's one of those duh things. It's kind of self-evident. So let's run some numbers and see what consumers pay right now for their gas cars and for their options to fuel up at charging stations or at home. So typical car, I'm just going to run with some examples. Let's say that car is driven a thousand miles a month. And let's say you've got a gasoline vehicle. It's got 25 miles per gallon and you're fueling up at three and a half dollars per gallon. Now, Three and a half dollars per gallon is closer to the national average. Heck, this is really high still in California. Gas has been as high as six, but gas is historically over the last few years and I expect it to come back down into the three dollar range. So I'm using three and a half dollars a gallon. That works out to $140 a month. So you drive a thousand miles a month, it's going to cost you 140 bucks a month to put gas into your car. Now let's look at electric vehicle, a typical high efficiency electric vehicle goes about three miles per kilowatt hour. Now, that's a good one. I have a Maki. I think I go more like 2.6 miles per kilowatt hour. But let's be optimistic. Let's use a really efficient one. Three miles a kilowatt hour. That means that in a month, you're going to use 333 kilowatt hours of electricity to charge up that car to drive 1,000 miles. Now, let's look at the costs. Last time, I charged at a public charging station near Sacramento the bill and I kind of use the charge point charger it's got some really cool apps and if you dig into the details of the app you can find out how much it really costs it was $15.03 for 32.66 kilowatt hours they don't tell you in the app how much it costs but eh, you know little math really simple divide 
1503 into 32.66, it cost me 46 cents a kilowatt hour to charge up my car to get that 33 kilowatt hours of energy. So it's important to know that in many cases, the electricity, the electrons that I use to charge up my car came from a utility scale solar farm. So I charged up from solar, but it cost me 46 cents a kilowatt hour. That works out to $153 a month if you charged up your car at a public high-speed charging station, a level three charger. That's a little bit more than gas, $153 for the EV charging at a public charging station versus $140 for gas. All right. Now let's look at the alternative, that what most people do. Let's charge the car at home at night, as currently recommended by PG&E. They've always had, for the last, I don't know, tech dozen years or so, special electric vehicle rates. Many other utilities have these. The nighttime electric rate on the EV rate is $0.24 cents a kilowatt hour, cheaper than the $0.46 cents a kilowatt hour that I paid at a public charging station. So at $0.24 cents a kilowatt hour, that costs about $80 a month to charge up a car at night. $80 bucks a month, it's pretty good. Now, there's a better way, and that's to charge at home at night from rooftop solar. And it's a little tricky because you need a battery for that. But if you do that, rooftop solar amortized over the life of the system because of the tax credits and because of the low cost of the solar installations and batteries becoming accessible. Putting the battery aside for now, your solar costs are about five cents a kilowatt hour. That's really cheap. 46 cents at the public charging station. 24 cents if I charge up from the grid at night. Five cents a kilowatt hour if I charge from my solar. And I can charge on weekends during the day, plug it in and be fully charged. And also, as a, a longtime EV driver, it's convenient to drive my car home, plug it in, I can top it off. I don't have to worry about finding a charging station and parking it and waiting 20 minutes for the thing to charge up or half an hour to charge up. So no hassle. $18 a month, I charge my car up. It works great. So that's kind of the baseline. Now, what if people charged up their EVs at work? Makes a lot of sense, right? Remember what Willie Sutton said when he was asked why he robs banks. The reason is, the reason why Willie robs banks is that's where the money is. That's what he said. So it makes sense to charge your car at work because that's where the cars are during the day. And as the Stanford study explains, it's obvious there's an abundance of electricity on the grid at day, not at night, but during the day. So sounds really intuitive. You charge your car up at work during the day, come in, go to work, plug it in, and you're pulling grid power. It's sitting there. You don't have to worry about charging at home. But here's a big but. There's very, very few companies that have public EV chargers. That's a big problem. So you can't charge during the day because your company doesn't have an EV charger. Is it because you have a stupid company? No, that's not why. It's simply because the rates for EV charging, the rates that companies are charged by the utilities for that electricity are really high. It's kind of a really simple reason. It's too expensive for the company to provide those charging benefits to everybody because they pay a lot of money for electricity to the utility. All right, now, why is electricity so expensive for companies? All right, well, I'll explain it. Companies pay for electricity in two ways here in California. They pay for the energy per kilowatt hour like you do at home. Plus, they pay for electricity for per kilowatt. It's called a demand charge every single month. 
So depending on what the peak demand is, you pay a lot of money if you're a company for electricity. We're encountering that here at our office in Los Gatos. And these demand charges are very expensive. So when everybody comes to work at 8 or 9 in the morning and plug in their EVs, the, the monthly demand charge for the company is going to go through the roof. So let's just look at a simple example. That's pretty easy. The medium commercial demand charge now, which is the rate that our company is on here in California, is $19 per kilowatt per month. The energy charge is 23 cents a kilowatt hour per month. So, yeah, what you want to do for a company is you want to minimize that peak demand and you also want to minimize the amount of, of energy you're using. So, let's just look at an example for a company that has a peak demand of electricity in any given month of 100 kilowatts. Now, for our company here, our peak electricity demand is probably going to be on a really cold day in the winter because our building is powered by heat pumps. And it may be on a really hot day in the summer because these heat pumps are cranking up air conditioning. Let's say you have a peak demand at the company of 100 kilowatts in any given month. Then the demand charge is $1,900 for the whole company that month. It's a lot of money. It's, it's $2,000. And in some cases, that actually may be more than the energy charges. So now let's see what happens if an employee plugs their EV into a level 2 charger at a company to charge that car up. That's a level two charger. It runs at 240 volts, and most cars can charge at a charging power level, charging rate of 7.6 kilowatts. So each EV is going to cost $144 for demand charges in that month. For if they plug in for 15 minutes, boom, you've increased the demand by 7.6 kilowatts. 7.6 kilowatts times 19 is $144. Now, to charge up the amount that you need for a month, it's another $77 for energy charges. It's kind of interesting that the demand charge is twice the energy charge. So just for the cost for the company to charge up an employee's car a thousand miles a month is $221. Now, a lot of companies can afford that, but it's a lot of money. And up, if you kind of run the math, it's way more than gasoline. And it's 12 times more than charging overnight at home with rooftop solar. So let's recap. Charging at work costs the company $221 per month for the average EV driver a thousand miles a month. Charging at a public high-speed charger, something you can see on the highway, $153 a month. If you buy gas at three and a half dollars a gallon and your car gets 25 miles a gallon, it's going to cost $140 a month. It's even cheaper. If you charge your car on the EV rate at home at night, it's $80 a month. And if you charge your car from home solar at night or in the middle of the day on weekends when your car is at home, $18 a month. So customers are going to fill up their tanks where the fuel is cheapest. That's currently at home charging overnight. And it's even better when you're charging from home and if you have rooftop solar. Customers aren't going to want to charge at work if it's 12 times more than charging from home solar. So the conclusion of these studies saying we're all going to be charging our EVs at the company, not going to work based on current policies and technologies. So the Stanford study says, Drivers should move to daytime charging at work or public charging stations, which would also reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Well, it's not going to really reduce greenhouse gas emissions, whether you charge from solar at night at home or if you charge to the company. But based on current policies, it's going to cost <laughs> it's going to cost a lot more money, 12 times more money for people to charge their car at work. And this is the company's 
cost versus charging at home. So the conclusion is wrong based on current policies. So the Stanford study also says that we encourage policymakers to consider utility rates that that encourage day charging and incentivize investment in charging infrastructure to shift drivers from home to work for charging. This is a policy problem. It has to be solved. There's only one problem with this well-intentioned suggestion. Utilities do a really good job of making the most money they can for their shareholders. The current residential and commercial electric rates reflect that profit maximization goal of utilities. And it's not moderated almost in any way by public utilities commissions. So the utilities are consistently, and I see this, I've been seeing this for well over 20 years in California, they're able to put policies in place that are good for their bottom line and not good for ratepayers, not good for citizens, and not particularly safe and not good for in terms of wildfires. So unless things dramatically change, utilities are not going to altruistically reduce daytime charging rates for public charging or for company charging. No, they're getting that locked in. They're rubbing their hands together thinking that they're going to replace service stations and charge people even more money than gas. And that's what's happening. So kind of continuing, looking at the conclusions of this paper, the findings have two implications according to the study. First is that the price signals are not aligned with what would be best for the grid and for ratepayers. Second is the study calls for considering investments in charging infrastructure where people work. Both of these recommendations are okay if you believe in a utility-centric electric grid and you don't believe in distributed generation. But the fundamental flaw is this equivalency that what's best for the grid is best for ratepayers. No, that's not true. The reality is the utilities do what is best for their profits, not ratepayers. And that's why the electric rates in California have gone up 14% over the last two years. And I expect they're going to go up at least 10% a year for the next 10 years. So there's a much better approach for citizens, California and the U.S. It's better approach for safety. It's better approach for speed of deployment of EV infrastructure charging. And it's better from a standpoint of ratepayer costs. And that is to encourage solar on company rooftops so vehicles can charge from the solar that's 100 yards away from the place where you parked your car outside your office or your company. Not 500 miles away, which is where the solar farm is that the utilities getting their long distance power. You know, sometimes it's a thousand miles, sometimes it might only be a hundred. But way, way makes so much more sense to say, I'm gonna just charge from the solar that's generated on the roof over there, hundred yards away, than import this solar energy at really, really high utility markup rates from a distance. And just kind of going back to the example we talked about before. It's 46 cents when you charge up at a public charging station. Companies are charging for nickel. We'll get into that now. Second. We need to encourage more home battery systems so that people can store their own rooftop daytime power and use it to charge their cars when they drive home and charge at night. Now, granted, there's going to be about a 15% efficiency loss because that battery is going to be charged up during the day, and then you're going to be discharging that battery into your car at night. It's kind of in and out of batteries. 15% loss. If it's done in and out using DC, it's probably going to be better. And there's some companies that are doing that. But let's focus in on the 15% efficiency loss. The math is still really, really good. So it's a way cheaper total cost to customers if they're charging at home, 
utility power or if they're charging at home from their battery power. Now, granted, you might say, well, I've got a car with a 88 kilowatt hour battery. I, I don't have 88 kilowatt hours of storage in my house. Yeah, that's only for long trips. If you drive 30 or 40 miles a day, that's only about 10 kilowatt hours. You might deplete your battery halfway or you got two batteries, 20 kilowatt hours. You just deplete it halfway. No big deal. So that math works out. So let's run the math in a little bit more detail on these alternative solutions. So for corporate EV charging, companies pay, I'm using a really high number here, five cents a kilowatt hour fully amortized over 25 years for solar on the rooftops. I think in some cases it's going to be less, but five cents a kilowatt hour fully amortized, including maintenance. That's how much it's going to cost them. Now let's add in another three cents a kilowatt hour for large battery systems that companies will put in for cloudy days so that, you know, their employees can still charge up their car if it's a little cloudy. So if you kind of run the math on that, a total of eight cents a kilowatt hour times 333 kilowatt hours a month, that means that if they have solar at the company with batteries, the employees are charging up their car at only $27 a month. Boy, that's really cheap. Now, of course, companies can also mark up that price. Let's say the company said, hey, you know, we're paying for this infrastructure. Let's charge the employees $50 a month. Let's charge them 20 cents a kilowatt hour. It's still a great deal for employees. And you got to remember, people are driving back and forth to work. Maybe, you know, during the week, they're just driving home. They're not going really far. They're only going to top off their charge. Maybe you're going to see a lot more charging on Mondays after people drive around for the weekend. But you may only top off the charge every couple of days. You're not charging up the entire battery. Here's where it really starts making sense from a public policy perspective. The ratepayer costs for this kind of company charging are zero. The utilities are paying nothing for this. They don't have to rate base the cost of this EV charging infrastructure. They don't have to add more transmission, distribution, storage. It's all paid by the company. And those electrons are going 100 yards from the roof down to the car. So it's really cheap. It's inexpensive for the companies. It costs ratepayers, citizens, and a whole, zero. The deployment time is about a year. That's how long it takes from when a company says, hey, I want to put in solar and EV chargers to when it's up and running. And you have other options. Companies can also look at other ways of doing this that may be even better. A friend of mine runs a company called Paired Power. They have DC chargers. And we've installed a charging stations for some pretty big company that has DC-based EV charging infrastructure is not even connected to the grid. So the employees of this big company go there and plug in, and they're, as long as the sun's out, that sunlight goes directly into their car. Really elegant, really cheap. All right, so let's look at what it is for home EV charging, and we're going to throw some batteries into that. So it's, as we discussed earlier, $0.05 cents a kilowatt hour for home solar. That's amortized over 25 years. Let's add another $0.05 cents a kilowatt hour for batteries. Total cost of the system, $0.10 cents a kilowatt hour. That's solar and the batteries. Now, $0.10 cents a kilowatt hour times 333 kilowatt hours a month divided by 85% efficiency because we're taking into account that the energy is going to go from the sun, the solar panels, into the battery, and then from the battery, the storage battery, into the battery of the car, you're going to lose a little bit. Not that big a deal. So if you charge from home on that basis you're looking at a cost of about $39 a month. That's kind of what I'm doing when I'm looking at this because I discharge my battery at night, but then if the battery's fully discharged and I just go over to pulling grid power. But people only top off the charge every few days or before you go on a long trip. You're not charging the entire 88 kilowatt hour battery in the car. Once again, the ratepayer costs 
for solar on a home rooftop and a battery in a home rooftop? Zero. The deployment time, this is how long it takes to put it in. Less than six months. Now, looking at other options, it's, it's going to be popular someday. I'd say it's at least five years away. Vehicle to grid. So you can use that battery in your car to send power to the grid. Obviously, the grid currently sends power from the grid into your car. And vehicle to home so that you can actually power your home from the storage battery. Those are technologies that are going to also reduce charging costs if they're implemented in the right way. (laughs) If they're implemented the way the utilities want to do it, it's going to cost more. But just there's a possibility out there. Okay, now let's think through this whole thing from the U.S.'s overall perspective. The transition to EVs is a great idea from an environmental standpoint. No emissions, great for the global warming. Now, depending on where the electricity comes from, it could be either good or bad from a customer's perspective. If that electricity is supplied only from the grid, which is really expensive electricity, even if it comes from solar, it's going to be bad. If the customers, homeowners, or people charging up at work are getting that electricity from solar and maybe solar and batteries, it's really good. So you kind of look at this overall. If we trade gas stations for utility-based EV charging during the day, our costs to drive the car and fuel up those cars are going to cost even more than gas at $3.5 a gallon. Nobody acknowledges that. That's what's going to be happening. On the other hand, if we charge from home solar or rooftop solar at a company, it's very simple. It's very cheap. There's no cost to ratepayers, and it's very fast to deploy. So what's the problem? Why are we going kind of down a, I'm not going to say it's a dead end, but towards a very expensive end? Now, it's because studies like these encourage the obsolete utility business model. It used to be that we had to generate the power at central power stations and transmit that power long distances with a lot of infrastructure, a lot of complexity into the homes and the businesses. We don't need to do that anymore because the homes and businesses can put solar on the roof themselves. And yes, they can still be connected to the grid, but they're not going to use as much power from the grid because they're generating their own power. So when we have studies like this, we end up with bad public policy and very profitable utilities. So it's kind of like, it's only good for the investors who own these utilities and employees at the utilities. Keep in mind, the utility goals are to increase the costs for commercial rooftop solar and storage. They want to increase the costs for home solar and storage. They do that through a lot of sneaky ways. Utilities want to install more long-distance transmission lines. We've talked about that before. $100 billion to bury 10,000 miles in California, it's insane. So what ends up happening is when the utilities are making all these investments, which basically crowd out deliberately through policy, what homes and businesses want to do for solar and storage, the utility profits go through the roof. And the profits go through the roof because they're charging so much money for electricity. The result is going to be that in 2030, California electric rates are going to be close to a dollar a kilowatt hour. So it doesn't take a genius to see that utilities have effectively pulled the wool over our eyes. Now, they're pulling the wool over our eyes with a lot of greenbacks, with a lot of cash. The state government 
in many state governments are in the pockets of utilities. The utilities are the biggest contributors to politicians in many cases. Fossil fuel companies too, but that's fading away. But the electric utilities in California basically own most of the California legislators. And I've seen this personally when I'm going testifying and you know they're going to say black is white because that's what the utilities want them to do. So as a result, the state governments, I'm just looking at California because I'm so involved in that. State governments support the utility goals to tax rooftop solar, to tax storage, and to make it more expensive in insidious ways to install solar on companies. So no doubt that the transition to electric vehicles and electrification, you know, heating, things like that in homes and businesses is going to be great for the environment. It's also going to be great for utilities, but they're pigs. But it's going to dramatically increase consumer costs if the utilities get the piggish policies that they want. All right, that's the background. What can you do? Well, there's a few things you can do. First, if you don't have rooftop solar and batteries, get that installed now before utilities in California switch to net metering three, which is going to happen in the first quarter of 2023. You got to move fast because it takes time to install solar and storage. And if you wait till the middle 2023, you're going to find out that your economics for solar have gone down by a factor of two. It's going to cost, you're going to get a much smaller reimbursement from the utility for that power that you send back. Second, tell your company management to install rooftop solar panels ASAP before net metering three kicks in so that your company can charge employees cars for rooftop solar inexpensively. Once again, companies are in the same situation as homeowners. They're changing the rules for solar installations at companies and storage installation at companies to make it much less economically beneficial to install solar and storage under net metering three. So you got to get it done at companies or at least get the process started contractually by the first quarter of 2023. And the third thing you can do long-term, it's not going to be anything really fast, but elect politicians who understand and acknowledge that distributed generation power, power that's generated on the rooftops of the buildings in which we live and work, is the cheapest, safest, and fastest way to deploy the source of energy that we need. Okay, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Energy Show. Barry wants everyone to benefit from clean energy. So if you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.